0: Do you know where you are? Do
1: you know where you are? This is Appetite for Distortion.
2: And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 89. It is uh, Brando and special co-host today, the man that is no longer on social media, that's Mr. Raskew. What's going on, buddy?
0: Hey, how's it going, Brando?
2: <laughs> we talk, even though you're not on social media, we talk all the time because, and I always give you credit, you know, you're slowly but surely helping me build my my YouTube channel, which I really uh, appreciate. And You're doing a... A great job with it thank you
0: yeah i'm i'm having fun with that man like i actually am learning about about uh this video stuff it's it's kind of fun to do I, I mean uh man i got more ideas in my head that i want to learn how to do on the computer so it gets a little frustrating but yeah i'm plugging along i'm only six months into this so
2: yeah slowly but surely i think we have our first 35 episodes up or something like that? I don't even know. Like, you, so a lot of times you, you remind me, like, hey, let's get the next five up. Okay, let's do that. But it's hard. But uh, I know you have a lot of other projects that you're doing in addition to helping me with my YouTube channel. And that's, um, I want to talk about what you've been up to. And that's going to be a part of News. I had to extend the uh because I couldn't find the button on the board. Uh, before the update in RASQ news, uh, I just want to uh, give a thank you out to uh, AlternativeNation.net and UltimateGuitar.com. Uh, I do this as, as in case if you, you know, as previously heard on the AFD show, if, if you missed something, uh, some great conversations with uh, Roy Orbison Jr., and also uh, the awesome episode with uh, Teddy Zigzag and Roberta Freeman um, talking about the riot. Roberta thought she was going to die. Uh, Teddy didn't even know that. So uh, some articles were made by Ultimate Qatar, Alternative Nation, and also uh, MetalHeadZone.com. Uh, so it's really cool to see when we're recognized, and it just brings in more and more listeners. And uh, I just want to get to what Raz is getting to because I know um, – uh, Howard Teeman, our guest for today, is calling up in a few minutes. uh tattooer, a uh, tattoo shop owner, uh, but the GNR tie is that he did some uh, some work on Lies and User Illusion too. So we're going to talk about what exactly he did for those albums in just a few minutes. But Raz, I mean, I get all the time. Like, t- tell Raz hi for me. well you miss him on social media, but you've been keeping busy regardless.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Like I. Every every once in a while, I'm like, man, I should just go back on Facebook and go back, you know, because there are some people that I was keeping up with that I hadn't talked to in years that I missed. And then, yeah, it's just, it's kind of more of a fleeting, uh, I, I should get back on Facebook. And then I was like, man, Facebook is evil. And then I just dismiss it. And then it's just over. But, yeah, I don't, I don't want anybody to take anything personal. Like, if you go to my website, razcue.com, that's R-A-Z-C-U-E.com, it's like, you can email me. My email is right there. Send me a note. I won't blow up your email. Like, I won't call you a thousand times or email you a thousand times. I'll say hi back and tell you where I'm going to be so you can avoid me. Stuff like that.
2: And and what have you been up to, though? I mean, like, I know, but I'm asking for the sake of, uh, you know, because oh. you've been doing, um, in addition to, you, okay. speaking of YouTube channels, but I know you've been doing. my
0: YouTube channel. And yeah. I've actually been putting up videos, like, semi-regularly, like, I just uh, – I bolted a, a wheelchair on – a uh, wheelchair. I bolted a wheelchair onto my ass. No. <laughs> <laughs> I put a camera on a power wheelchair that I have, and I dri- I've i been driving around Fremont Street.
2: I love those videos, taking,
0: man. Making little videos and, like, cracking fun at people and everything. But the main goal – and I'm going to do this either next weekend or the weekend after. I'm going to go down and get one of those little circles, you know, where the people, like, busk or whatever, like the street performers or whatever. Okay. And I'm just going to do some, like, either public readings or – or just talk to people and, and uh, promote my book and promote... I have a, a new line of uh, apparel, Luck U Las Vegas. It's uh, L-U-C-K-U Las Vegas. That's on my website, too. You can buy some shirts and everything. Those are pretty popular. So, yeah, I'm going to promote my books and promote my brand and get my stuff in the shops downtown, and we'll see how it goes from there.
2: And you could tell me if you don't want this to be said or not, but did you were you looking into kind of repurposing that GNR interview?
0: Oh, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm uh, actually working on that. Well, this is what I did before. All I did when I the in March, I guess, so we put it up on YouTube. I put it up on YouTube, the original 1985 Guns N' Roses first. And episode. if
2: you missed it, it was episode 50 of the AFD show that we premiered it. But yeah, it's on okay, RazzQ.com. Okay.
0: So with Robbie Gardner playing drums, Tracy yep. Guns in the band. So uh, that's on YouTube right now, and it's, it's you know it's getting a lot of views. But all I did was take the original cassette and just put it straight through like a little cheap ass transfer into my computer. And I never really liked the sound. So right now, I'm working on the sound. I got it like it's in a project and it's open, and I'm working on it. So probably, what are we like in the end of October right now? So yeah. definitely by mid-November, I'll have like a re-edited. The, the music's gonna sound better. The images aren't aren't gonna be so like not know what I'm doing, how to put pictures in into a movie thing. So yeah, I'm, it's just it's gonna be like a hundred times better. And it's already popular, so stay tuned for that.
2: Awesome, and it's it's so great that that first Guns N' Roses interview from nineteen eighty five. It's like Izzy talking the most, which is just that doesn't happen. <laughs> so you you really found a gem, Raz, and that's gonna be really cool for me and the rest of the GNR fans to kind of you know to hear it even in, in better quality than it is now. Yeah. So uh, too cool. Um, now I know we've been waiting a, a couple of weeks for this interview, and I'm glad that you're here because I know you guys go way back. Uh, Howard T-Man, uh, T-Man Studios. And just, I mean, I'm a tattoo guy. I mean, if you follow uh, the AFD show on social media or even me, my Instagram, I'm just a tattoo guy. So I, I want to talk to him more about what he did with Guns N' Roses, but talk about tattoos. I'm interested. I believe he's calling up right now. Hey, Howard. Hey. Hey, Howard. Can you hear me?
1: I can. Can you hear me? I can. I can
2: hear you, too. What's up, Howard? Is that
1: the raz of mataz
0: <laughs> Raz. It's Raz. Raz Q um, to the rescue.
1: So very cool to see you or talk to you guys.
2: No, I, I appreciate it, uh, Howard. You taking the uh, the time. I think it was um, Desi Benjamin several episodes ago of doing this silly little, uh, silly little podcast I've been doing and just recommended all these cool side characters it's funny I was thinking this part takes in um, what I was just thinking and also last night uh, Raz and I were just talking off the air about the Simpsons and about how yeah. a, poo, a poo is being written off the show Yeah, uh, that, that's that's a whole different thing and uh, how our friend wrote a whole uh, our journalist friend Art Deviner wrote a whole article about why that documentary shouldn't be taken seriously anyway the, the, how the Simpsons relates to I guess why we're here There's so many other great side characters like Apu or like, you know, Millhouse or just the random Rod Flanders, just random people. Not to compare you to Rod Flanders, Howard, but he's (laughs)
0: Disco Stew, Haiti
2: Ho, or whatever he says. (laughs) Disco Stew doesn't advertise. That's uh, Ned Flanders, though. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're you're talking to a complete and utter Simpsons nerd. My mom says I'm cool. But I'm also a Guns N' Roses nerd. So I look at. know maybe like the appetite lineup as the Simpsons family but they've had this long life and all these awesome side characters so Raz being one of the characters and now Howard uh, is it is is it team Raz had his own episode oh of course yeah dilly dilly Raz what number you I know you remember but me yeah I think
0: this is oh wait I don't know Four or five. I, I might be counting last time when, when uh, we could not make it with Howard as one. but
2: Oh, you mean how many times have you been on? You've been on, yeah, four, four or five times. Four. But, but our first episode was, I don't know, it was in the 40s or 30s, right?
0: Oh, episode yeah. number? Yeah. I don't know, 26. Number 26. Oh. That was your 26th guest.
2: The reason why <laughs> <laughs> Howard, he knows, because we're all um, trying to expand our talents, just like you, just going from drawing uh, – you know, flyers from bands into being a tattoo artist. Raz is expanding his abilities to doing uh, video editing, and he's working on my YouTube channel. So he's really getting, oh. he's really getting oh. invested, yeah.
1: That's very cool. I thought he was,
0: like, up to uh, Taco Bell now.
2: <laughs> Why is that?
0: I want to do a, a little ambulance chaser lawyer commercials, man. I think there's money in that. You should do that. That's cool. You should you deal with stock footage, man. Just like, $29 a month uh, subscription to video service and... They better
1: call Saul <laughs> yeah, There you go He actually you ever I want to, They you watch that show? Fan,
0: fan fiction That people write like stories Sure About um, like you know A TV show or whatever I wonder if I could do like Editing fiction Editing fan fiction And do a better call Saul commercial that, That's good
2: I'm sure there's a market for it. I haven't seen this season No I'll watch the All first right. couple It's,
1: it's great it's the Best show on TV One of the best for sure but remember when he was doing those commercials? Call me, Saul Goodman. Call me call now, me now.
2: I don't know if you watch the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, it is. And well, I mean, um, here in Long Island, I don't know what it's like for for you out there, but I get local commercials that are. They try to do parody. Uh, Better call Saul. You know, oh, right. there'll be someone like it. Paul Feinbaum out in Suffolk County. <laughs> Better call Paul. Uh, I don't know. They they don't get sued, but. Um, before we go further, is it Howard uh, T-Man or like T-Man. He-Man? Like He-Man? Like, a T-Man? like
0: He-Man with a T. E-Man Women Lovers Club.
1: Yes. And if you take the H off my first word, uh, name, Howard, and put it between the T and the E, I'd be the man.
2: <laughs> Who's the first? Wow. Did you realize That's that? A or a long way to go, man. That's a long <laughs> way to
1: go. Yeah. That is it. <laughs> Say it backwards. Spin around. <clears throat> uh,
0: yeah. Uh, I get it. <laughs>
2: How long have you guys known each other? I
0: don't know, like 30 years. Maybe maybe longer, huh? You know what's yeah. weird? Like you used to I I knew your car before I knew you. You used to uh, live by the Hughes market at uh, what's that? Franklin and uh, Highland or whatever. Yeah, around there. You, I, that you had a convertible around. with the little uh, leopard spots uh, or whatever. Right. Yeah, so you, know, you used to park it on the sidewalk, and I used to go, I didn't know you, and then when I met you, you had that car. Like, dude, I know that car, dude. <laughs> The car was, I like actually made it on an MTV
1: uh, commercial with Rodney Rock, Rock or whatever, the wrestler. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: the, I did recently. The Rock? I don't know about uh, Rodney no, Rock. No, no, the Rock.
0: Randy no, 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 the oh. Rock. Randy oh. Piper. Ra- he, Rowdy Randy yeah, yeah,
2: Piper. Yeah, yeah. He's
1: yeah, yeah. He's, he's sitting in it on a MTV commercials, speaking of commercials.
0: So my car was famous, infamous car. And a cool car to boot. Mm. Yes, 66 Impala, 67 Impala, something like that. No, it was a 70, 70. Oh, okay. Pay $200 for it. And it, was it a, did he just cut the top off or was it a real convertible?
1: That one had the real convertible.
0: That worked. Uh-huh. And it was electric. Yeah. It still worked. Yeah. Oh man, I love that car. Sorry for the sidetrack,
2: No, it's all good because isn't that how, how uh, Howard isn't that how Howard got started? Is uh, custom painting cars? Is that where you're, or do no. we? No, how did you? Uh, yeah, get started. Are you from uh, the West Coast? Like, where are you from originally?
1: Yeah, I'm actually born in Canoga Park, but when we were seven, the family moved to uh, uh, Northern California, and we grew up in Redwood City, about 25 miles south of San Francisco, and we were all playing in bands up there. I, you know, I got started uh, just doing band flyers for all my friends who were in bands too, and that's pretty much it.
2: Okay, so when you were young, because I've spoken about this with um, Arian Bueller, who did the because I know you've done some lithograph works as well, work as well, and he did the recent one for Not in This Lifetime. So I I asked him how he got into drawing. You know, how did he how did he discover that town? Because I mean, I tried. I would look at a picture of venom or spider-man and stare at it and if i stared at it and spent hours on it i can get it to look okay but i don't have the natural ability like when did you realize you had the natural ability or wanted to start drawing
1: oh boy um i you know just as a kid i always everybody would be sitting around watching tv and i figured i i I can't just be sitting here soaking in this horrible tv so i'd always have a, a art project going and i'd always and i would start like there's like a pad of paper and every page had to be like a fully themed piece so i guess it's more of just like having that passion to be drawing and composition is more important sometimes than actual talent as, as an artist you know composing a theme and drawing a scene or something like that so as early as you know School All my school folders Had drawings all over them And I did the same thing You know You get the comic book And you copy The RGs Or something like that Sure You know Or Then it started getting Into Rip Off Press Which was San Francisco based Which was Close to Close to us In Redwood City And you had You know The fabulous Furry Freak Brothers
0: Which And I
2: love that
0: Yeah that That was a big Big influence What is that? Harrowhead and Freak Brothers And all that stuff Yeah yeah
2: What is that? I'm not familiar
1: uh, it's a rip-off press. Those guys were, they were doing comic books, just like, you know, like, full-on Cheech and John style, book. you yeah, know, yeah. plot. Oh. And they're the same people who did uh, Mr. Natural, you know, R. Crum did a lot of work for them and stuff like that.
2: Right on.
0: Yeah. So that yeah, was... Homework the... later, Brandon, you can look all that stuff up. <laughs> yeah, the fabulous... Brand- for- I call you Brendan and your name's Brando.
2: Brandon, Brando, Brando. it's all good. I, I mean, I don't have a cool name like Raz, and Howard just looks badass.
1: Well, Brando is pretty
2: cool. I mean, nobody cares about me. This is gonna be a story about you, but just to tell you, because this is our first time really talking. I mean, I'm just Brandon Weisler from Long Island. I, it just when I started in radio 15 years, because I think like you, like wh- what do I want to do? And I just liked talking, and I couldn't shut up. I had to find the right venue <laughs> uh, for that. That's a good and, one. and Brando just sounded. Brando the Commando, actually in college. There so, you go. Someone called me that, and I had a metal show, and uh, I just left the Commando in in college. Uh, so, and I'm girls a, like call me Brando. A fan. And
1: yeah. He, he loves names like that, Brando the Commando. I mean, he like, <laughs> he, he like said a lot of people in radio made it just because of their names. You know, like uh, what was that guy's name? They were just talking about him from K O M E Radio. Oh fuck, his name was super uh, funny. Uh, Really dirty. Mm. I can't think of name. There's a Maybe lot of dirty names,
2: but of course the classic Wolfman Jack.
1: Yeah. But absolutely. This Newman is what, Newman. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> See, this is um like I ha, like I like talking like nerd stuff with radio veterans, but I also like talking tattoo stuff too because I have I don't think you Raz you have none. You're uh you're you have a uh, virgin. Uh, I got, skin,
0: I, got right? a, I got a couple tattoos back when they were cool. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? Rad? Oh, I was one of the the very first person to have like a uh Japanese character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I got a little flaming skull, like the, about the size of a half dollar, maybe a little bigger. Yeah. Who okay. is that on your arm? Yeah, upper arm, left arm. I got you them did on my Kevin Quinn. Th- <laughs> no, it was uh Brikers. actually Robert Benedetti did the the I both at Sunset Tattoo. The, the Japanese character was Robert Benedetti. It says gun actually, in like a big Not gun, like a cannon. The Japanese girls giggle when they see it. <laughs> that's funny. That's great. That was yeah. That was the shop, man. That's where everybody started. That that's because that was like the only place back then, though, right? And then yeah. what's that spotlight or whatever down there on Melrose? Right, and then Lou Bone opened up on Hollywood yeah. Boulevard, Art of the Bone. Wasn't it? Oh, he might even been. Yeah, he was around, man, Hollywood Boulevard. They had shops on Hollywood Boulevard. They forgot a bunch of shitty shops. Our was probably like the first good shop on Hollywood Boulevard, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. All those shops are owned by, like, one guy, the ones which are a lot more west than Lou is down by the um, metro station now, down by uh, past Vine. All the shitty oh, really? ones are, like, west of Vine. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, in between. Yeah, by the,
2: yeah. It's so difficult because I didn't get my first uh, tattoo until I was 21 and this all ties into it all like beautifully together. Um, my first tattoo was on my, it is on my left shoulder blade and it's Use Your Illusion 1 or at least just the boy writing in the book which of course oh, wow. from a, you know, at some point I would like to get more of the School of Athens, the Raphael painting that they took it from and I know nice. you did some stuff in User Illusion which I want to get to of course um, but it's hard because it's it's like finding a doctor. You have to go someone that you trust and you care about. So when I moved to for my first radio job up to Cape Cod, I'm like I this is where I, you know, I'm free. I'm not like near my, my parents anymore. I got I'm going to start getting inked like crazy. And one of my first ones like, got was a radio mic on my left shoulder." And now it's a a half sleeve. And I ended up making really good friends up there who were in the shop and the shop owner and that's kind of you know, And I have the same kind of great friendship uh, with um, my buddy Joel, who has a great tattoo shop, uh, Notorious Tattoo, out east on Long Island, who's been doing my never-ending story sleeve on my right arm. And again, these are good people in addition to the amazing work that they, that they do. So I, that's why I, I I'm so excited to have been talking to you. I know we're kind of just getting to know each other a little bit at the beginning of this conversation. But it's like when I was reading about you, and it's like, okay, he did some custom work on cars. Yeah, I know that wasn't the way, technically where you started. But the Flyers, which I've spoken to a lot of guests about, like how they did it, like Billy Rowe um, yeah. uh, from, from Jet Boy, like that yeah. era was kind of crazy you No, know, for – like was that where you were also in that scene creating for yeah. – I don't know if you did for GNR or like for Poison. <clears> like, <throat> What was the the bands that so you San were Francisco, doing? San Francisco,
1: actually, uh, Jet Boy – were our roadies at first. I was in a band called Head On up there. We were a pretty popular band. And uh, Jet Boy was named after our guitar player, Frank Wilsey. Oh. Fernie Rod. Actually, Frank used to be called Jet Boy because he took that from the New York Dolls. And um, Fernie was his roadie. He was like his tech. With the, he had a big afro. It was pretty funny. Anyways, he had an afro. Fernie had the full-on Juan Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> he he and he wore had I mean, was all he ever wore was overalls. And he, he looked like this little, like Chico and the Man. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, and then he, um, he started his own band and named it after, you know, he liked the name Jet Boy, and that's where they got that name. Um, but, yeah, no, I never did any of their flyers, but I did a lot of, you know, local bands, flyers, and I did a lot of the, the band Head Ons. Flyers and work for that, and then I got recognized by um, great Southern merchandising when I got down here to l a okay which uh, before there was any indie like uh, labels or any of that there' was only three big merchandising companies that did all the tour t- shirts for every tour you know from and the one in New York was called Brockham, and the one in uh, San Francisco was called great um, it's called winterland. And in LA here, it was Great Southern, and so every month they'd give me another band to do their tour T-shirt. Like I've done everybody from Bon Jovi to Cher to Leonard Skinner to um, you know I did Kicks, all these bands. I did I did about one or two a month, which was great money back then. Huh. In the well, this is like early like late. late. 80s, okay, and I'd I'd be pulling down like fifteen hundred for a shirt or this or that, which was when rent was like two hundred dollars a month. <laughs> it was good money.
2: So I love that. So were you um like what kind of kid musically were you? Were you excited to do a Cher shirt or would you rather do a Skinner shirt? <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: okay, big time. No, I, you know I made her the Statue of Liberty that for that her New York tour, which was nice. a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah, you know, I what I tried to do is I I really listened when that. The band or the manager told me their concept, and I was known as the like one draft kid. (laughs) Usually, have to go back and forth. You know, no, 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 do this, that. I would really listen, and that's kind of why maybe I'm pretty good at my my tattoo shop does well is because I really listen to what they want. Right on, peg, peg. You know, try to get the concept down and put it on them. Which is another great thing about tattooing is sometimes you don't have to be the best artist in the world. Nowadays, tattoo artists are just insane. I mean, they. They're better than photocopiers. They make the pictures
0: that people bring in look better. You know, it's unbelievable what they're doing. I strip out on some of the tattoos you see, like, the, you know, the last 10 years or whatever. Like, the, it literally yeah. looked like somebody had a print on their arm, or like a, ran it through a printer or something. I saw right. one
2: that I, I, I believe I posted it on our social media of Slash's face that looked 3D. Like yeah. yeah. It was insanity. It's better than the pictures, you know. They didn't. Oh, yeah
1: better resolution. It's better than like the four led or oled tvs that are kind of like the same thing it's like make it look so 3d right on they
0: gotta they, they gotta do that man put an led tattoo on it that yeah. would be good like a led a motion, uh, a motion, 3D a tattoo. tattoo yeah 3d Is there, they do glow so in like, the dark like, 3d like shape-shifting kind of thing like you from whatever angle you see it
1: yeah, yeah. Well, you know, 3D, if, 3D is all about layers, and I'm sure one day they're going to figure out a way to, uh, a machine do it or whatever, to like, and skin is, you know, like seven layers of skin. So if they put the ink in at different measures down the skin, it could become 3D. Mm. Like those, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I definitely predict that probably in about 20 years. Mm. Uh, But what I was saying before is that sometimes a a tattoo, just a simple, great drawing is better than, not better, but very effective trying to compete with these people who are just insane. You know, you just, if you really peg a good, sometimes tattoos, the more simple that you could see across the street is better than this crazy thing, like blur that in 10 years is going to look like, you know, a blotch on your skin.
2: I've learned so much from my artists now, I, but I, did, I didn't know before. It's just that your muscles and your bones are just like, you have to go with that. You can't just say, hey, I have this idea. I want to put it in this part of my body. That it just may not line up to the contours of, you know, just the way your your body is shaped. And it's like, or like, like a car part. Like, when I'm asking, like, why he's doing the sleeve in the order he's doing it, he's like, well, it's like building a car. You have to use this part first and then that part. And, so it's, uh, it's it's fascinating and that you were able to uh, – I love how I, – I forget how it was written on your website, but basically you were, didn't even apprentice at all. You just went from – Oh, yeah. So how did That's you go – Lou Bone. So- Lou Bone
1: bought a poster rack, and he told me to come fill his poster rack with my posters. And I went down there, and he, he poached me. He said, you know, normally you have to do that year of apprenticing, which is actually taking out the garbage and cleaning tubes. That's really all you do for that first year, and just watch everybody. Um, and I, he said, look, you, I'll. He knew my art, obviously, because he wanted me to put my posters in a shop. And he says you already got the art thing down, so just I'll show you the fundamentals of getting the ink in the skin, and you can start tattooing your friends as soon as you, you're ready. And I had just quit drinking and doing drugs, and I wow. bought a motorhome, and that's what I was living in a small little schnook, a Toyota schnook, and I parked it behind his shop, and I was there 24-7. Mm-hmm. All the other tattoo artists hated me. They were like, take a day off. <laughs> I was there all the time, and I, was, I started tattooing within two weeks. I was transferring my addiction.
2: Mm, the right kind of addiction. No, uh, yeah. that's uh, that's incredible. So, how did yeah. you go to? I mean, did you ever think about that? And where do like that you would ever be a tattoo artist? Because obviously, you had been drawing since you were a kid. Ever doing tattoos? And where does music come into play? Because you're also a musician.
1: Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was what I was doing the whole time. Uh, you know, uh, the tattoo. I didn't t- start tattooing until I was 40. Wow. So, uh, all the everything before that was just living behind strippers' couches and being in bands and, you know, not making a dime ever mm. and playing music. I did make a little bit of money. I went on a USO tour and we played for the troops in Kosovo and Bosnia and all that stuff, like a lot of L.A. people did. Oh, very cool. Yeah, um, yeah. all the The music was the, the first thing, you know. The oh. But I always drew these posters and that, that kind of supported me. That was... That kind of um, was uh, my – I called them my ATMs. I would go to to all the stores on Hollywood Boulevard and see how many posters they sold and re-up them, stuff like that. So they're like my versatellers.
0: You mean you do your own own restocking? What's that? How did you work that? So you you originally go in and say, hey, carry my posters, and if they don't sell, then I'll just uh, take them back. But if they do sell, I'll restock you, and you just pay me or – yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, there used to be like a big company called One Stop
0: Poster, and they were
1: smart. They went and put racks, poster racks, in all the stores, and so they controlled what posters. They say, you can't put any other posters in here, but I would schmooze and charm the owners, and I had that rock and roll feeder poster. That's one of my top-selling posters. I believe and over
2: 300,000. I just want to you know give you the props for that. That's what I read.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it still keeps selling. I can't draw another one that beats that one Mm. it's it's actually a lot of companies that report back to me say it's their top selling poster still to this day it's one of it's one of their top selling posters still it still just keeps moving Mm. uh they're actually going to be making puzzles of it soon
2: that would be a great puzzle the rock and roll uh, theater yeah absolutely
1: yeah so i would just charm them into holding i look i guarantee this poster is going to sell and of course they sold out faster than the other ones the rock and roll theater one did. So I, you know, they would have to deal with one-stop poster, you know, a lot of the um, Hollywood Boulevard uh, souvenir shop people are. They're they're some c- cunning businessmen. They're, they're Middle Eastern and they're cutthroat. So uh, they 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 call their own shots. So if they liked oh, it, they, they were. They were behind you, if, or if it was selling, they were behind you, and they didn't care about any of the rules, so they would do whatever they want.
0: Yeah, because so like, it worked, like yeah. that, regular, that other poster company is going to pull out over, like, you know, 50 other posters selling whoopty shit, right? Yeah, yeah. So they would, They're they trying to so play hardball. You have, have to that. find
1: enthusiastic people to, to support, you know, the poster. But they wanted
0: money, and it was a constant seller. Huh. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to make them money, of course, yeah. Hey, um... I'm kind of doing, the, trying to do the same thing right now in downtown Vegas with, with my book and these t-shirts that I'm making and everything, but, so, uh, I got, like, a design, the Lucky Las Vegas or whatever, and, uh, so, yeah, that's why I'm I'm interested, that's why I was asking about that, because I was like, man, I'm, that's my plan, to do the same thing, but I've just kind of been, like, flaking on it, you know, it's, like, been the plan for, like, a month and a half, and I haven't, I'm just thinking I could go down there and, you know, like, if it doesn't sell, it doesn't sell, but if, if I make a money, then, you know.
1: Yeah. Hey well, Raz, here's a your... little suggestion. You need a snappier cover From my book. Yeah, I mean, you need some crazy piece of art on there or something like that'll catch their eye a little better. Yours looks more like a textbook.
2: Nothing personal,
0: but that's my idea. Sorry to make it. Well, I, I don't know any good artists that, that could do that for me. Like,
2: I mean, we have one on the phone.
0: Oh yeah, man. what a
2: convenient. Hey, no you cool.
0: got, if you got any ideas, man, I'm fully open to the. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I could pay as much as, like, you make, making tattoos or whatever.
2: But, Howard, I will say, you know, while I kind of understand what you're saying with the, like, textbook for something crazy, what initially drew me to uh, Raz, in, in, in addition to just knowing he had a Guns N' Roses background, L.A. Guns, but was the handicap logo because I have yeah. a handicapped tattoo on the inside of my uh, left bicep with uh, a mohawk and metal horns. Because I'm a, because yeah. I, uh, I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm not as cool as Raz, but I do have uh le- leg braces and and a cane, and a lot of people just think I'm walking like I'm a pimp. It still happens to this day. People just think it's part of who I am. I, uh,
0: I think I think they said gimp.
2: Uh, no, no, <laughs> I could laugh at that. that there, but there have been several people who thought like I was trying to be a pimp. Yes, yeah, so the five six, uh, you know. The gimp g- pimp. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I, that I that I have heard um but no that'll be that'll be interesting i'm sure he can come up with uh howard like some sort of like flaming handicap logo and and then you know like a
1: caricature of you in the thing i mean the your cover is snappy i mean it's it's got good colors and it's a good logo you have there but that could be like the back of the book you need like
0: a no you're not the first one to say that
1: you're not the first one to say that howard that's why i'm like Uh, like a Robert John kind of poster uh, kind of drawing in the front you know just
0: something that is really whoa what the heck is this something like a you know like a Nazareth album cover or something like that like yeah like like
2: like Guar or Cannibal Corpse something like real sick and gory
0: I mean I'm down down for shit like Iron Maiden I love shit like that
2: (laughs) Well, I lo- yeah. look at that. We're we're brainstorming. We didn't even know that we were going to be. So, but that's awesome that you've always had this creative side to you, Howard, and, and fascinating that we've been talking about drawing and tattoos. But that wasn't even initially your first love. So you obviously wanted to be a band and and make it as a rock star. So what did you, you know, what did you play? I know you you, you play piano, but what were you? What was your role in the bands um, that you played?
1: No, I was a drummer. Drummer, okay. I was, yeah, I was a drummer most of my life. Uh, I have a piano in my house all the time, but. <clears throat> um, my, that band, Head On, got pretty big in San Francisco. We were uh, headlining um, the Stone and the Old Waldorf like on Friday and Saturday nights and s- selling them out. We got pretty big. We opened up for Ted Nugent at the s- Sacramento Civic Auditorium when Blackfoot backed out. And we were like 16 and 17. We were doing pretty good. We opened up for Cheap Trick when they were huge. Cool. Up in I mean, we, we, were, we were Bill Graham's little pet project for a little while. Oh. We had the worst management, though. They offered to manage us, and this crazy, drunken con man got a hold of us, and we just he just drove us into the ground. But that was the start. Um, well, I, actually, before that, I was playing in a band with my brother, Alan. We were in a band called Axis. We were playing all the keg parties and stuff like that.
2: <laughs> right on.
1: That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that's where it started. And then that band broke up and I moved to L.A. And I was in a thousand bands. We, we got to move into the big uh, Houdini. It wasn't actually the Houdini Mansion. It was across the street from the Houdini Mansion. But it's a huge, this 30-room mansion in Laurel Canyon. Right across the street from Houdini's and next door to the Tom Mix. Um, uh, Frank Zappa house, and so we would, we would have. Huh. I moved in first, and then my I brought I moved my two brothers in, and we started the band The Apes. Sam Man and the Apes. Well, first we were the Apes, and then our good friend from Redwood City, Sam Man, who is mentioned in Raz's book.
0: Sam who? Sam Man. Sam Man. Sam the the man is he Sam the man? Hey, I just man, made a new joke that no one's ever heard before.
2: Yeah, I know. You shouldn't Sam? have said it. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, is Howard making that up? You no, not... Sam Man was. Uh, Sam Man. Uh,
1: Raz went to go buy um, risers from him in his book. Remember?
2: Remember That's that? I met right?
1: Sam Man. <laughs> no, Sam's a character. You, you'd have uh. to meet Sam. He was like, a Dave Lee Roth meets Jim Morrison, kind
0: of crazy. Wow, I uh, Yeah, Dave Lee Roth kind of mouth. <laughs> I can't even. even. Ape. That was like one of the best bands back, back in the day, man, with Sandman and the Apes, with Howard and his brother Alan and his other brother Eric. The yeah, Apes yeah. Were the, the we were like that brother. Two Live crew before Two Live. We were like doing real
1: disgusting, filthy raps and uh, <laughs> just, you know. I'll wait all day for you to come in my face. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet back seat. Yeah, yeah, sweet, sweet. S U I T E. Like the sweet, sweet.
0: My back seat. <laughs> oh, I never saw the spelling. Is it, is it spelled like that? That. That's yeah, sweet, sweet. <laughs> yeah. All, I just heard the yeah. song. I didn't know that. Okay. But, uh, what's that? Uh, Oh uh, nothing. I was gonna do that police song where it's rain, like a king's rain instead of the. Oh yeah. Rain, but it like, like Mad
1: Rain, the band Mad Rain, Brent Turner. Oh, there you go,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a. Double entendre. <laughs> is is it can it be like a um, is it an entendre if it's not sexual? I always thought they had a sexual connotation when it was when it said double. I think entendre. that's when you add the word sexual to it. Oh you can say like El Valentandra my cock. Uh, and it, uh,
2: you can. <laughs> you could, uh, <laughs> Raz, you can say whatever you want. It's, yeah. <laughs> you're a Pulitzer Prize winning art uh, author.
0: <laughs> so uh, have you
1: submitted your book to anything?
0: Um, no, you know, like I'm terrible at the 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 whole promotion my my whole promotion originally revolved around that like it's about Guns N' Roses and all the Guns N' Roses fans are just going to buy it yeah but that that's cool and everything but that's you know like people that like Guns N' Roses want to listen to Guns N' Roses and they want yeah. like old pictures and like as soon as you put those up that's okay thanks for the pictures later you got any more yeah so i'm basically my whole promotional strategy's changed in the last 3 to 6 months and I, I'm just about promoting Raz Q now, and then, because, I mean, the book is about me. I mean, right. it, Guns N' Roses is in the book, but it's just, you know, like 40 or 50, 60 percent of the book, but it's just how they mm. pass through my life.
2: Well, that's how this, uh, what this podcast is, really. It's kind of just the audio version of what Raz is trying to do. We have a, because we've been talking, you know, for, you know, a half an hour now or so with uh, with Howard, and he has, uh, we haven't even gotten to the Guns N' Roses stuff yet, because of an, yeah. he's an interesting person.
1: Uh, Here's a good segue I got a good segue
2: well if if Raz, it would be quiet for a second
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. The good segue is that 's how I kind of got to know those guys. We all did is because they would we would bring the, the entire rainbow home the rainbow bar and grill home because we were in that big mansion, and we would have jams there in the middle of the night, okay. you know'cause they and they could go to all night because there' was no neighbors and um for some reason. The Laurel Canyon is not in LA County, so LA cops couldn't come there. They'd have to bring sheriffs, so we could just make as much noise as we want. And that's you know, any given Friday night, there'd be half of you know Guns N' Roses would all be there, Faster Pussycat would all be there, you know, all the bands that were you know all the upcoming bands, all the members were there. So we got to know them. That was like a the party, a cool party central place. And um, then uh, we we got. The two, my two brothers and I, became the background um, players in the Lame Flames, which was Duff's wife was one of the Lame Flames, Mandy. And I guess it was also the Cat House. You just got to know everybody. Everybody. It was the time when on Tuesday nights everybody in rock and roll went to the Cat House, Mm. and then Wednesday night everybody went to English Acid, and it was the same people in different clubs, and you got to know everybody. Everybody knew everybody, and so. And it, that's when, like every band, the bandmates became very—it was a very uh, incestuous thing. I mean, you could be in this band with this these people, and then in another band with this other people, and then okay. everybody would be playing with each other. But Guns N' Roses was in the mix, and um, I think it was just from jamming with them and all. And Duff asked me to—I guess when Steve broke his hand in Chicago. Um, they asked me to sit in with them for a show at the Whiskey, which I did. And um, I'm not sure the, really what the chrono- chronological order to all these things are, but um, that show is really cool. I got the whole thing on video. You could check it out. You could look it up on um, YouTube Guns N' Roses at the Whiskey, a go go. I think it was
2: 87. Yeah, we actually have uh, Axel introducing you right now, if you have a few seconds. Yeah. yeah. So that's a
1: good... Welcome back, Iron Props. Howard. Hey. I knew that guy. (laughs) I found out he was playing this afternoon.
2: So you found out you were playing that afternoon.
1: Well, even scarier than that is... We were actually, Duff came up and we, we went over like four songs. And what he didn't tell me is when we got there that the first song, I used to love her, and I, but I had to kill her, was a song I never even heard before because the album wasn't even out yet. Mm. It, was, it, it was before Use Your Illusion or before Lies. And um, so they were teaching me backstage, and we ended up doing like 10 songs or something like that. And half of them I didn't even know let alone, I've never even heard. Wow. But that was a lot of fun. That was a great, great fun night.
2: Were you, because you said it was fun. So did you go into it like kind of, I don't know these songs or like, you know what, I'll figure it out. I don't care. I'm with my friends. Yeah.
1: You know, I had um, the roadie from hell, Damon, sitting behind me. And also Dell James, was sitting on the other side of me who knew the songs and they were cueing me. (laughs) (laughs) And if you look, if you see the video of, you could see them going, okay, stop here, go. Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> it was really funny. I was—they were conducting me That's and it. telling me, like sometimes I'd be pounding really. You know, my dynamics were like I was really enjoying it, and they're like, "To, settle down, settle down. This is a slow <laughs> part, or this is a mellow part." But uh, yeah, then uh, Duff asked me to um, come in and help him write the song, not write it, just help him put together the you know, the pre-recording um, for, what's the song? So Fine mm. on Use Your Illusion 2. And uh, I went down the studio with him and I played drums. Well, you know, he played all the other instruments, guitar and bass and guitar. Uh, he did the guitar solo. We did the pre-production. We did So Fine before it was put together, before the band even heard it. and uh, And I played piano and drums on it. And then when I, they, I, they asked me to come down to the studio, and I went down to the studio, and all the whole band was there, and they had just gotten back from their hiatus, and that was the hiatus where they, they hadn't even seen each other for like two or three months. That's the one where Axel got in a fight in Paris and all that stuff. So I'm, I walk in, and they're all telling stories about what they've been doing for the last three three months and everything, and everybody's laughing. And then they played the song, and Axel said. Oh, that you know, great work on that, Howard. When we do the album, I want you to play piano on it. And I said, "Fuck yeah." Um, so then, Steve gets kicked out of the band, and so they go. Um, you know, it takes a whole year to get a new drummer and start recording again. And out of the blue, I get this call, and it's Axel. He's going, "You ready to do your part?" You know, that's why. That's why you got to give it to Axel. Axel is. You could say this about him or that about him, or he's bipolar, he's an asshole. He is a man of his word. He's got integrity. And he you know, he, he called me before Duff called me to say, are you ready to do your parts? We're ready for you. That you know, mm-hmm. was a year later. Yeah, you know, it's really cool.
2: Wow. Did, was there, uh, When they were looking for a drummer, though, it's awesome that you were obviously able to do the part on So Fine, but did it ever cross your mind? Maybe I can audition to replace Stephen? Did that ever cross your mind?
1: No, I never even thought of that. No, of course, you know
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: You wanna be you wanna be put in the biggest band in the world? Sure. You know, they had they had everybody you know, at that same time when Steve when I played that one show at the Whiskey, they played a show like three shows at the Perkins Palace and um, what's his name? Um I should have the Cinderella guy. Fred Curry.
2: Right. From yeah, Cinderella. Played, what's that? From Cinderella, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. He played and he's an amazing drummer. They had the they had the every drummer in the world available to play that wanted that gig. They're not going to get an unknown and pretty crazed out drunken drug addict at that time, you know. Uh, you know, they they could get anybody they want and they got the drummer for the cult, you know, I'm sure. If it ever dropped, passed through their mind, I'm sure it was like a second <laughs> and then they moved to the, on to the next, <laughs> the next thought.
2: Fair enough. And especially, I guess, if they Kicked them out for drug-related reasons, and if you had a problem back then, you know, why deal with it? But, again, that's It a- wasn't
1: a problem. I was a professional. <laughs> I was good at it. I've been told that by many people. I was, I was just really in partying and having
0: fun. But, yes. And then one day you realized that sleep and food were your friends. Yes, that's true. Now, I, I turned 40,
1: and I went back home and did a reunion with one of my, you know, bands when I was 20— and I look around and I said, "Jesus Christ! Every one of these guys have a family, they have a career, and everything." I was living in L.A., like I said, behind a stripper's couch, and I, you know, I was paying like a hundred dollars a month. I couldn't even come up with that, and I was forty years old. And I said, "All right, that's it. I'm, I've been there, done that," and I turned my life around. It was, hey, it was, it
0: was what, what year was that? Was that a that, two thousand and four videos? So, oh, 94?
2: 2004.
0: Is Two, 2004. Oh, 2004. Oh, okay. So I still, okay. I yeah, thought, like, as soon as I sold Folk so U Studios, you were like, oh, shit, now I got to get clean and sober.
1: I, I was. That was uh, the real reason. That was the trigger. Fuck well, you is gone. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, uh, there's nowhere to party. No, you got to post more of those. Uh, do you have any more of those videos from that time? That was fun watching
0: that. The No, I just have that one. Like, yeah. It, yeah, you know what, dude? I dropped the ball back in the day. Can you imagine, like, if I would have just, like, recorded everybody that came through there? Yeah,
1: yeah. I have a lot of videos that I haven't shown anybody. They're on high eight. Uh, from, I used to get hired by Ricky Rackman and, you know, Janice to come down and videotape their thing. Sometimes they'd say, because I was one of the first guys. I had a business called Musicians Video Contact Service, which was like music oh, was contact you? service, but we added the video things. Video camcorders had just come out, and I bought myself a Sony and I would walk around the rainbow, and people would say, "Are you from MTV?" I mean, that's how young the field was. Huh. And so they would pay me to come down and like shoot. I got like Cat House Anniversary One, Cat House Anniversary Two, and you know, I, I, it's not, they're not the best tapes in the world, but the funny thing is, they promised to pay me 50 bucks, and they would give me the money, but they would never even call me and say, "Can I? Can we watch the tape?" <laughs> so I got. Uh-huh. All that to-
2: I don't know, We'll get Ricky, because Ricky's a former guest of the show, but I will, I'm trying to get him on again. Maybe we can talk to him about getting these uh, old-school videos out there.
1: Yeah, uh, one day. That's going to be my retirement. No. <laughs> F Ricky. Uh, my retirement Greece. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I'm kidding.
2: What about um, um, your work on, on lies? Because we, we went ahead to uh, use your illusion, but lies obviously happened beforehand. What did you do? Um...
1: Oh, oh, yeah, that was fun. We were all partying and we they said, Come on down, and just w- went down to the studio. And everybody did all this percussion stuff. Actually, here's a, a, a unknown uh, thing. In the beginning of I Used to Love Her, but I Had to Kill Her, you hear Axel say, Rock, Rock, he says something, and you hear in the background. That's me. Shut up. That is
0: me, I swear. I'm
2: not I, I, always, I always thought that was tough man. No, no, that was me. I I never even like I never put I thought maybe that was Axel or so. I never even put two and two together. I'm like who would who did that sound? All these yeah. years it's you Howard. <laughs> oh, I love it. it. Is.
1: Here's another crazy one like that. Do you know the uh, beginning of um, I don't know know the same? Well, it looks here like we got a failure to communicate.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: From, from Cool War. Hand Luke.
2: From oh, yeah, Civil War and Cool Civil Hand. War. Luke. Yeah. So I was sitting in my
1: Bernie little apartment, Harry. the one you were talking about on um, uh, Orange, above behind the uh, Chinese theater, and I get a call and it's Axel and Axel says, "Hey Howard, you got a VCR?" And I said, "Sure." He goes, bring it down to Rumbaugh Studios. No, no, it was at the record plant. And can you bring it down to, uh, uh, fuck yeah. So I brought down my $200 Foster um, uh, VCR that I bought on Hollywood Boulevard. And they plugged it all in and they put in Cool Hand Luke and recorded that off of my little VCR. (laughs) How's that for a little stupid useless trivia?
2: Oh, but well, that's great! And that's what uh, GNR fans love—all these cool trips. Because it's these are epic yeah. songs, and like, how do they come together? You know, yeah, it's like, yeah we uh, we may know Axel writing the lyrics slash with his guitar, it, but these little parts, like I said, all these little side Simpson characters just make yeah. the whole thing fuller and thicker and more enjoyable, and just uh, makes a creative process to think about. Well,
1: the one thing I totally remember oh, about God. that day is that I, you know, besides hearing that song, you know, we heard it. I heard it the day that it was being recorded and, you know, with the big studio speakers and it just sounds bigger than ever. I was like, wow, this is a fucking badass song. But the thing that impressed me more than that is they said, are you guys hungry? And I said, yeah. And Axel got on the phone and uh, like a tray of the the biggest tray of sushi I ever saw in my life came with everything on it. And i went, like, God, these guys are huge rock stars. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but. It was like wow, they could. It was probably like three hundred dollars worth of sushi, no, and that, at that time, I mean, it sounds. What, whether why is that even a story? But no, it sounds. Back, it's it's back like back then what? I was like wow, these guys have really
0: made it. <laughs> it's so funny. That's what I remember in my head. That's no, like I remember I love it. you know the thing when I realized like how huge they were is like when uh, I just actually ran into Izzy on the street and we were a couple blocks from the Troubadour and it had to be like after the Appetite tour, everything was over and. So we pick up Izzy, and we go to the Troubadour, and, and uh, he's like, let's get some drinks. I'm like, okay, and then I'm, get, I'm like, figuring that Izzy's going to go buy drinks, and he calls Eddie over, like, the owner of the Troubadour, and he's like, hey, Eddie, how about, how about some drinks? He's like, oh, no problem, no problem, Izzy. He's like, what do you guys want? And it's like, man, that guy that – he's a businessman that runs the Troubadour. Like, you don't get free drinks, you know, and all of a sudden it's like this guy's uh, – how many people want free drinks? It's like, it's like man, it's, this guy wants Izzy and his bar bad. He's going to buy drinks for like <laughs> – Right. <laughs> That's crazy.
2: No, it makes it. I like it, and it's not stupid. It's all. The, it's the human element of when you realize it, that, you, like, your friends have hit the like. Meaning, Guns N' Roses have gone from just, you know, my buddy Bill, as some people have said, my buddy Saul, into becoming these icons uh, in our culture. Or I may have. I can ask you. But I, I guess I've been kind of gotten it from your story. It took you a while. Like, when did you realize, like, hey, I'm going to do this for a living? But it seems like you've lived several lives, especially to not start tattooing until you were you were 40. I mean, yeah. did you like, did you have any of those prior? Like, hey, I made it. Like when you started making t-shirts for Share, or like, hey, I made it when I was yeah, on, I've, on I've a Guns N' Roses album. Like, did you ever feel like you made it?
1: No, no, I still
2: don't. <laughs> ah, that, that was my follow-up question sure i mean,
1: yeah, no, I, mean I, I i look at what i got now i mean like i said that sober thing really helps a lot within five years of being sober i was tattooing i had i bought a house mm. and i met a nice girl and we got married <laughs> Mazel uh, tov. So, I, I i've got you know i've actually got some money stocked away to retire you know which i never thought ever would happen so in that way I've made it. Yeah,
2: but, 100%. Who knows?
1: You know, who knows? It's, <laughs> it's, it's a fun life. My life, I wake up every day and I come to work at 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and I draw on people. It's, and I got a shop right downtown Studio City, which is like the Rodeo Boulevard of the Valley. I'm right in the middle of it. So I see a lot of stars come by and stuff
0: like that. It sounds like, beautiful. You, Go ahead, Russ. You know, like, a bunch of people already, like, in your life. but You know plenty of celebrity and famous people. But just where your shop is, I imagine it's, like, at least every day or a couple times a week you get some huge celebrity just wandering in your shop just looking around.
1: Uh, it, you know, it was a lot. There's a lot more initially. It, I, I, every once in a while, they're not really coming out anymore. I don't know. Maybe they're scared. <laughs> it's not as much. I have... um. You can see him on my website, a bunch of the celebrities I've done, like I did P. Rose on his birthday and stuff. And a lot of people, there's a lot of filming going on around here. So. Oh, uh,
2: Terry Hatcher, Rob Schneider, J- the late, great James Gandolfini.
1: Yeah, yeah. He actually didn't get tattooed. He came in on a Saturday, and it, I had, like, two chairs going. We were totally busy. And the guy I'm tattooing says, hey, Gandolfini just walked in. I turn around, and there's James Gandolfini. I go, whoa! And he says, yeah, I am so happy that I... I Found you guys because I just moved in behind you and um, I need to get a tattoo. And uh, but he goes, I'm going somewhere and I'll be back in two weeks and we'll do it then. I said, "That's great, man. I'm looking forward to it." But I, hey, you're in my story right now. Can I get a picture with you? And he goes, "I promise you, I'm coming back, and we'll take the picture then." And I don't know why I was being so—I was just so excited. I said, "Look, you're here right now. Make my day. Can I get a picture with you?" He said, "Sure." So we took the picture, and he went to Italy and died. Yeah. Uh,
2: I, I,
1: I, <laughs> I mean, that was like a week after he—he he died. I found it like three or four days after he died, wow. whatever. And. Somebody called up and said, you hear James Gale feed? I You know, I posted a picture of him, and, and I said, yeah, fuck you, you know. You, you know, you're fucking with me, and sure enough, so I, sometimes being pushy works
2: out. Uh, you know, I saw where the story was going, but I'm like, you know, I didn't want to say anything. I'm like, I, <laughs> yeah. I think I know where this is going. Awful, and I, I don't know. It's obviously it would have been nice if he, if he lived, but you kind of— superseded fate by like push I'm like that pushing for a picture I do yeah. that all the, I do that all the time and uh I think it's great cuz talking about so, uh, sobriety and, and things of that nature maybe somebody else that you know our, our guest in our last episode David Roach from Junkyard and we talk about oh, yeah. uh what like what success is right and everything you just mentioned you know a savings account house a lovely gal that's success. You know, it doesn't have to be like, I don't even know if I would want, if I was a musician, like Axl Rose success, or for me, would I want Howard Stern success? I mean, not money isn't everything. Do you want that kind of, you know, um, microscope on your life where you can't go anywhere? I don't know. I mean, uh, success is different I don't know. to everybody. Howard
1: every day, like I do, you know that he's a miserable son of a bitch. He's—I <laughs> mean, I'm sure you he's guys, not really. You but... Guys are turning down a
0: lot of BJ's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is.
2: What? what? I don't listen to Howard anymore. Am I missing something?
0: Yeah, <sighs> no, just he, he, he's that level of fame. That, yeah. Like, you pretty much—it's probably out of your pants, like more than it's in your pants—at that point in life. Well, he... oh yeah. Well,
1: he had a, a period between his wife when they got divorced and his new wife, Beth, that he was going crazy. And I'm sure he wasn't very, uh, he wasn't worried about being too famous. He was loving life. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Me too. And me too. Fucking everything in the world.
2: Well, so unlike Howard Stern, I say this lovingly, if he, uh, if he's not famous, he's not getting laid because he's not a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's just—it <laughs> is what it he is.
1: It. <laughs> he, he knows it. He says that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so— someone, There's one thing oh, missing right. from this whole conversation that I've just realized. What's that? The big, you know, person in this story was West Arkeen.
2: Mm. And West, yeah, West. He, yeah, Here we go. Yeah.
1: West, West was a lot of the catalyst, too. Like, West joined Sam and the Apes for a little bit. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, he was a guitar player in there for, like, a couple months, and he was, like, a big catalyst of, you know, why we were all hanging around with Guns N' Roses, too, because we, you know, he was, the, like, the the fourth uh, T-Man, kind of like Jew, you know, besides Sam Mann, so he'd be the fifth, but he, um, Jewish, Jewish, crazy, drunken rocker dude, you know, crazy man, he fit right in, and we we, we grabbed him right away, and you know, a lot of parties that way. He was up at the mansion all the time partying.
2: I love it. We've gotten some uh, really cool stories from uh, James Hunting. Uh, Raz, I, uh, I believe you were with uh, on that episode, and uh,
1: James went to Kosovo with me. Oh wow! Oh, Joey did. His brother did. Okay. Yeah, uh, on one of those U.S.O. tours.
2: <laughs> and how? And how about uh, Greg Buckwalter? Well, who was Both in the outpatients with West. Do you know him at all? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Was, yeah. was, was he the singer?
2: Uh, he was uh keyboards keyboard. keyboards keyboard oh i didn't
0: I know think him Greg Buckwalder was like kind of a big sideman like when all then when we were all coming up right then when we were in our 20s he was already like playing with like Ozzy and and uh, Dio or stuff i think he was already big hmm. so might have just been like well, West met him through like the big boys at the time to get him to play on the record See i love hearing right. about
2: West though and just intrigued with the story and it's a heartbreaking story because you know i'm a short uh, Jewish kid as well, and uh, I hate hearing that.
1: I gotta go. No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't know That's you were Jewish.
2: <laughs> you know, I was. Jo- well, I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, in a more serious note, there's a lot of anti Semitism out there, so I gotta wear my jupe. Uh, I wear it proudly. I mean, it's just, it's yeah, disgusting yeah. what happened in Pittsburgh. Um uh, right.
1: I'm going to tattoo a big high on your neck when you come out
2: to L.A. Do it. I actually have um, patience. I have patience in Hebrew written on my— Yeah. Yeah. Not for Guns N' Roses. It's just because my patience is wearing thin, so I just put patience in my arm. Plus, aesthetically, too, no offense, Raz, I I like how Hebrew lettering looks as a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. And not everybody—I have no connection to any uh, Asian culture. I mean, even if I did— some people, are like, oh, I like it. I like, oh, you know, that's that's cool. But even though I'm not a real practicing, uh, you know, religious, it's still part of my culture. So, but I th- that being said, Howard, I, I at some I like point, <laughs> at some point, Howard, I I have to a just go out to California. I've been saying yeah. that forever, but to get tattooed, I would be honored. Uh, whatever you, I know. Yeah, I, I got to do it. And speaking of the shop, you're you're obviously there right now, and I know we can't keep you forever. Uh. When did it open, and uh actually you know what do you have uh, other than the shop like what's what's going on with you you know any any special projects things you're working on
1: we opened on nine nine oh nine cool and so um next year at the big ten, and we'll see the the streets there's a lot of civil war going on on the streets about rent and stuff like that so I don't know. I I love coming to the shop every day. I bought an accordion and I'm going to make accordion sexy again. (laughs) I'm I'm learning how to play it. And that's a lot of fun. I'm doing that every day. And who knows? I'm also kind of maybe, you know, at my house, I have a few guest houses in the back and I'm going to maybe kick somebody out and turn that into
0: a studio and just get off the boulevard one day. And just, that must be killing you, man. That rent over there—like you're like working for your landlord almost. Well, my shop is small. It's very tiny, and it's um, but it's still it's affordable. I'm I'm not
1: I'm subletting from somebody so and I've been oh, doing okay. it for, yeah so there it's affordable. It is oh, really high, um, but I've been lucky that the shops always made money to pay the bills. I mean, I'm not getting rich here, but I'm doing all right. Because um, it, it always pays for itself. Sometimes, after all the bills are paid, it's only like a couple hundred dollars more than all the bills being paid. But the, in the bills being paid, it includes my salary. So I'm a happy
2: guy. And you, you've uh, had, and I'm not sure when it was, but you've had, because um, I mean, you maintained your friendship with some of the Gene Art guys, but you had Stephen Adler stop by your shop and Duff McKagan okay. You're still in close yeah, contact with too,
1: them? Yeah. Well, Steve comes in all the time. He actually uses the tailor next door to me. I turned him on to it, and so he's, he's always getting his clothes. So I see him all, the most out of everybody. Okay. And he's an old You know, he's a buddy. He's a mensch. You know, he's, <laughs> he comes in and hugs everybody and kisses everybody, and he's always the first one to take pictures with people. He's, an, he's a, a special person. And I don't mean that in a, like, Raz is a
2: special. <laughs> you beat me to it. I got you. <laughs> I'm
1: kidding. I know it's uh, hard not to yeah. like Steven, isn't it? Duff is cool. Duff brought his daughter in and she got her first tattoo. Okay. At 18. So that's where it's gone now. I've never tattooed Duff, but he came on my, fr- my grand opening party, which was a surprise to me. I didn't expect it. You know, he's a great guy. And those are the only two I really see. I haven't seen Slash in years and... Actually, I haven't seen. One day, I was at the a place called uh, what the hell was it called? Uh, it was next door to the whiskey. Um, what was that called? That little club, uh, the uh, Phantom. Phantom. Uh, the drummer guy used to from the Stray Cats owned. It was a Kit Kat Club, the Cat Club. Yeah. There you the Cat Club. And I was sitting there outside, and it must have been like a Tuesday night or something like that and this guy comes up to me and he's got all these braids in his hair and everything and and I'm talking to him and then I realize I go is this Axel? and he goes yeah Howard <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even recognize him when I was talking to him for like a minute because he just braided out his, all his hair yeah that face that unrecognizable wow and so that was the last time I saw him and that must have been oh my god that's probably
0: 10 years ago yeah I used to have long hair like, and then like I think right before I turned 35 I was 34 I cut it all off but for the last couple of years, I was thinking, man, I should just corn roll my hair. And then when I see pictures of Axel, I'm like, man, I'm so glad I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a while, I had my
1: um, my Terrence Trent Teeman look going.
0: There you go.
1: Terrence Trent Darby. Name across my heart.
0: There you go.
1: Before I shaved my head, I had a little bit of hair left on my head, and I had the girl I was in that band, the Longnecks, and we had a black chick singer. And she was, uh, she could do the braids. So she spent probably 10 hours braiding all this stuff into my
0: hair, and I looked pretty cool for a while. But that was the awesome. yeah. Is that the, the same people that were? What was that? The Hippie Shakes or whatever? Yeah, the Long Necks. Yeah. That that was the same band. They changed the name. No, then. no, the, the Hippie Shakes was with Jack. Now this
1: was with the Long Necks. We were we actually did pretty well. We got a little record deal. Um, I was in a band called Medicine Show. That was probably one of the biggest. Oh, I remember bands. that, man. And that was an all-English band. I was the only American drummer. And we got signed to Chrysalis, and we went over to England a couple of times. and That was that was a good band. The singer, we broke up, and the singer fell on hard times. And now she, if you go down to Hollywood Boulevard, she plays uh, the Catwoman. <laughs> she's out front. He, Kim, she's a good, good soul. But Luke, the bass player, do you remember Luke? He's. You he's, guys came like, to folk you, though, right? Yeah, yeah. We used to rehearse there. Anyways, yeah, that was a good good times.
2: I'm definitely gonna make my way out to California for a variety of reasons. What of the warning. One of which <laughs> is gonna be uh d- to get tattooed by you, Howard, because it would be right. it would be an honor. And so it's um it's T-Man Tattoo. I mean, if you're out in California, I mean, a lot of people, Studio City, a lot of people travel. Tell
1: everybody to go on my website and buy my posters.
2: Yeah, HowardTMan.com.
1: Yeah, H-O-W-A-R-D. T is in Tom. E-M-A-N. And or you can go to T-ManTattoo.com. T-Dash-ManTattoo.com. Yes, my posters are on sale there. There's probably 35 posters on there you could choose from. And my newest one is called American Heroes and it's all the people that America considers our heroes like all the uh, Kardashian, Taylor Swifts and all. And then they're all strippers on the stage and all the like Kanye's and all that are all throwing money at them. It's, it's a great
0: Great poster.
2: That's pretty freaking brilliant. I love it. I'm okay, that one. I gotta check that one out. I'm going through your yeah. posters now. My God, you have Are some...
0: you, you? got any Sandman and the Ape shows coming up, or any Naked Hand Dance? Are you doing any of those? Eric is coming out to town from
1: Colorado. My little brother, and we're gonna do a big party at Alan's house, and it's open party. You guys should come to that. And Sandman, we're gonna we're gonna play that show, that show, a show at Alan's big house. That's my brother. My brother has one of the top designated a Airbnbs um, in L.A. It's top rated, and it's a huge house that he's built himself. He, he's he got the artistic construction bug, and he, he built this house that is, anytime you see a picture of L.A., the whole, you know, the scenic uh, spread of downtown L.A., that was taken from on top of his mountain, the same mountain he lives on, and that's the, all the views out of all his windows, and it's when airbnb people come into town from seattle they stay at alan's house it's unbelievable Mm. anyway that's where the big party is going to be in
0: november on november i might have to go yeah you should all you old fuckers are too too uh too weak to lift a fat fat gimp up the stairs (laughs) that's (laughs) true (laughs) you can walk a little bit right you can get up out of your chair i can get downstairs pretty quickly (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, you'll be both, Raz. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Well, uh, so Howard, this has been uh, awesome. It's, I, you know, I've been looking forward to talking to you for for a while. Um, obviously, if you're ever in New York, please, I would love to have you come down to the studios and meet you in person. But hopefully, right hopefully, first I come down to your your tattoo studio and get some of your brilliant work on my body, which is. What,
1: I, are you in the city?
2: Uh, I live on Long Island, but I work um, here right now in Tribeca at iHeartRadio.
0: Very cool. All right, Howard. Hey, I'm interested in like talking about doing a different book cover. When's the best time to call you, man?
1: 2025. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe middle of next week
0: or something. Okay. You. you uh, I'll, I'll get a hold of you. What, yeah, what what, what when's, uh, I just finished, do um, I don't know if you know, in
1: L.A. there's this old head shop. It's the oldest one in L.A. called the Captain Ed's. And I just got finished. In Van Nuys. They're 50 years. Yeah, in Van Nuys. They have three of them. One in Reseda. But they turned 50 and I'm doing their 50-year poster. I mean, they're they're iconic. Captain Ed's. I love that place. So I just finished that, Yeah, I just finished them. That's like a Freak Brothers cartoon come to life, man. It is. It's got the fabulous
0: Furry Freak Brothers in it. Yeah. 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 Everybody's standing in front of their shop. It's kind of like a... You break. know a lot for not actually being ahead, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're right. I was a stoner my whole life, like you. <laughs>
1: we we're 70 a stoners, man. We're I'm a rare a breed.
2: <laughs> oh. We
1: we actually had the... We are the best age, Raz, you and I. You're about... How old are you? Like 55? Same as me? No, 1965. Yeah, I'm born in '64, hmm. so uh, we we have the best age because we were like the, one of the last people to have sex before AIDS. Hmm. You know, we were like 16. Oh, my customers are here. <laughs>
0: okay, hey, I'll, I'll, I got oh, go to hold you, man. man. Thanks, Howard. Later, Howard, good talking, man. Okay, talk to you guys later.
2: So that was really cool, and I love hearing much like I would hear Teddy and Roberta talk about their friendship and 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 things that they can relate to. That's how I what I got from Howard and you, Raz. You know, you may not have seen each other for a while, but just hearing you reminisce and hey, do you remember that place? Oh yeah. Do you remember this band? Oh yeah. And just being, you know, me being a listener. Yeah, I'm hosting it, but me being being a listener for this conversation was cool. I don't know how about how about you? Did you uh, enjoy catching up with Howard a little bit?
0: Uh, yeah, it was cool, man. I love Howard. You know, he's one of my favorite people from back in the day, and I I'd actually wish I'd see him more often, but you know, we all got our lives and we're super busy, so.
2: Yeah, and I, I know uh, obviously Howard's super busy. He gave us some time, and you know he hear uh, tattoo machines going off in the back and customers walking So yeah, he, he had to jump off. I know you got to go uh, soon, but uh, as we wrap up uh, episode eighty nine of the AFD show, again I I, I can't thank everybody enough. Uh, whether it's you know you, you get us to get you find us through a friend, you know like Rasku found us through our, our friend uh, John Miller, or if you found us through um, Alternative Nation. Uh, iHeart Radio, which is launching their first podcast awards next year. Conversation for another time. Spreakers, Stitchers, uh, Google Play were officially on. YouTube, of course, thanks to uh, Raz Q. But I do want to read this very quickly, uh, speaking of recommendations. And you might have – I know you have gotten a lot of great and sweet things written about you, Raz, in your book. Uh, but this was written on our Facebook uh, from, from Charlie, and she writes, oh, Wow, just stumbled upon this podcast randomly on Alternative Nations' website. Was digging into Axl Rose a bit and was led to the episode with Greg B- Buckwalter. We were just talking about that with uh, with Howard. Um, I loved it so much, I can't wait to listen to other episodes. I won't be surprised if I breeze through all of them in no time. I love what I learned. I thought Rando was so fluid with his questions and a great listener, which I love so much, Hate when these people getting interviewed are pushed around and cut short in speaking. and actually breaks my heart. I love how Brando mentioned that he also talks about heavier topics on this podcast, like depression and addiction, something else we just talked about with Howard. Um, I think it's good for all to hear, uh, to have and hear those kinds of conversations. I loved Greg. His entire story, top to bottom, inspired me immensely. Can't wait to dig my teeth into the next one after I take another listen or two to Greg's episode again. Wow, uh, thanks for doing this podcast, Brando. It kicks ass in so many ways. Love how candid you are. I hope this channel tr- blows up, blows the fuck up, excuse me, heart, Charlie. So just it's that kind of stuff is is what keeps me going. It's it's getting to work with Raz Q. What keeps me going to talk to people like Howard. I mean, it's. This is a cool project that I appreciate everybody who's been coming along for the ride. And, and unless you have anything else to say, Raz, I think that uh, we can wrap it up here. That's all. I'm good. <laughs> That's all, folks. So until the next episode, oh, I will give some teasers, okay? I hate doing this, but I've been given yeses. Uh, Michael Monroe should happen from Henai Rocks. I was told yes, so I'm hoping— Maybe even the, uh, the next episode. I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. And also, uh, it's so funny because all these fringe characters. Hey, you know what? If I want to interview Slash's uh, high school janitor, I will if he has a great story. But I'm going to be interviewing um, Matt McKagan, Duff's brother, who's a right. uh, music teacher out in L.A. And I believe he actually did some work on Move to the City, I want to say. Yeah, I think he, he
0: was, yeah, the suicide horn.
2: Yeah, so I wanna we're gonna talk to uh, Matt McKaiken in the future. So just uh, come along for this podcast night train. It's been uh, I am hoping you guys are having this fun as much fun as I am. So until the next one, when are you gonna see it? In the words of Axel Rhodes concerning Chinese democracy. I don't know if soon as the word, but you'll see it. No! Fuck it!